The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Tonight on an all-new Monsterland, we dive into a case mentioned many times here on the podcast, perhaps the greatest proof that UFOs exist in history, plus controversy, backstabbing, lies, and deception between two men, once partners, now enemies. And that's just me and Ronnie in the green room. Another edition of Paranormal Pop Quiz, your emails, another pointless anecdote from moi, all that and more. Let's go! Welcome to a wicked mystery, a paranormal perfect storm known simply as Monsterland. The Monsterland podcast is recorded live in an undisclosed location somewhere in the heart of high strangeness, just outside of Monsterland, Massachusetts. And now, here are your hosts. As seen on the Travel Channel, author researcher Ronnie LeBlanc, and as seen on the History Channel, actor host Maddie Blake. Yes, Carrie, I would like another non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> That's six now, Maddie. What are you talking six. about? Well, six NAs equals yeah. one half a beer, I guess. <laughs> Greetings, monsters. Let's get monstrous, shall we? This episode is going to be lit. We have an interview in the can, which is probably our most controversial uh, interview since John Lear never showed. Yeah, seriously. I would say. Yeah. Um, and my my uh, <laughs> anti John Lear stance, not anti John Lear, but I was wary uh. of having him on, blah, blah, blah. Um, Peter Robbins wrote the book or co authored the book Left at East Gate about Rendlesham Forest, the mm-hmm. incident there, which we've talked about on the show. If you don't know about it, we'll get into it just briefly before the interview to give you a little setup. We'll play a little sound that comes along with that whole story from one of the players, but also involved with that, Ronnie, is the author himself, Peter Robbins, who co-wrote the book Left at East, G- East Gate. Uh, his partner and him had a falling out. Right, Larry Warren. Larry yep. Warren. Peter, our guest, says that Larry Warren lied, and, and that's been confirmed uh, about his involvement with the incident at Rendlesham. Right. Yeah, um, Peter has said that he's, you know, fabricated, Larry has fabricated his story and basically created this other scenario that he was a part of, which he really wasn't. And how, how that's accurate, right? I mean, we, he's been debunked in some ways or yeah, no? Yeah, I mean, just there's a, just a lot of, um, you know, backlash from the community, but also just him and his behavior, Larry's, that kind of, uh, kind of indicates there's something going on there. So, yeah. Now, yeah. Peter's also gotten into it with Nick Pope. Yes, he has. Who's yeah. a big time name yep. in this in this space? Mm-hmm. So, say what you want or think what you want about Peter. Maybe you're a Nick Pope guy. You know, maybe you believe Larry. Whatever. We don't know. As you listen to this, you might have preconceived beliefs. But uh, we found Peter to be completely sober, credible. Oh yeah. Um, and I've seen him speak about this incident before. He had to really dig himself out of a hole um, that he was put in by. A former partner, and, I, and we get into that a little bit in the interview. And say what you want about Peter, even if you don't believe him, you have to feel for someone who does something uh, with good intent, and then right. believes he is uh, misled, and then has to dig himself out and protect and rebuild his reputation. It's As, quite a story. Especially, you know, he took nine years to write his part of the book. So Larry wrote his part, Peter wrote his, and they compiled this thing together. It was one of the first UFO books I ever read. Um, got it at the Lemster Public Library, and it was just one of these. It was amazing. It was military involvement with UFOs yes. and this documented story. So it was always something that I was, you know, fascinated with this 
encounter. Yes. But the past couple of years has just been this unraveling of of what's kind of happened. But uh, Peter is one of these guys that again he he talks. You know, everyone in the community loves him, his character, and he just kind of will bubble up to that the surface. So it's it's all good there. Here in the studio with us, of course, my partner, friend, and lover, Ronnie LeBlanc. We've got a full <laughs> studio. Producer David is manning the ship. Yes, sir. Good to be here as uh, usual. And producer Carrie makes her rare appearance. Hi, Carrie. On the red carpet of Monster. We haven't Man. seen you like I know. forever. You took a little took a little time off. Still as jacked as ever. Right. Did you go to the gym before you got here or what? <laughs> Holy She's crap. got those Madonna arms. I did push-ups in the parking lot. Oh, all right. Who's push-ups? <laughs> so anyway. Um, <laughs> Thank you, David. Thank you. I've come with my fastball tonight. Uh, so much to get to. A pointless anecdote for me, which I'll get to in a second. We'll get into that interview. We'll talk a little Rendlesham Forest. Probably the most compelling case when you consider the military involvement and the audio that comes along with it. Right. Um, as I said, um, we've got a controversial tweet from Ronnie, which I want to get into. We've got tons of monster mail from you. We've got a, a producer Dave pop-up. Uh, excuse me, producer Dave's paranormal pop-up millennial edition tonight. Get Everyone's right. favorite game get show. Right. Can't wait to get into that. Um, so we will dive into all that. Let me start, Ronnie, with where I started last week's episode. Yes, and that you know, we need our voice guy Mike New to do a new voice, <laughs> a new piece of imaging for a pointless Manny, a pointless Maddie anecdote. I like it. A story that kind of goes nowhere. <laughs> But I started last week with one, and I wanted to start this week with one. This is just a kind of a cute one, mm. but it is kind of a follow-up to what we talked about last week, and David bringing up the point, well, are these things truly magic little moments? Or sure. Are you looking yeah. for it? <clears throat> so this is a perfect example of something that you could take and say, it's nothing, it's coincidence, or, as we said last week, you and I choose to believe these moments are magical. little, yeah. if not grand signs, then certainly a little wink from the other side or Mm -hmm. from things we can't explain. Well, okay, so I go on vacation last week. Uh, We stayed for a few nights at our place. Um, We had rented last second. So the last night of the vacation, we didn't have a place to stay. Oh, wow. Because it was so last minute. Yeah. Now, my whole family rents down there where we go to this beach. So my brother says, last night just crashed at our cottage. I go, okay, great. So I go to sleep in in this little room. No one had been using it all week. I'm using this back little cottage beach room. And uh, I take off my Templar cross, the t- cross that was made for me. Right. Oak Island. A, 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 yeah. a replica of the one found on Oak Island, which I wear every day. And I put it on the bedstand next to me. And I'm thinking about that and the power of all that. Because I usually do when I look on it. You just can't not. And it's it's just a constant stream of, of thoughts about that and connection to that and mm-hmm. hoping that... We can solve that mystery type of thing. And I put the cross down on the bedstand next to me. Now, on the bedstand next to me are three books, clearly left there by the owners of the cottage for you to read, you know, and they're in a pile, three of them. And one, they're all from the 70s, all yellowed and old, and uh, they've been there clearly for years. They're dusty. The bottom one is something like Anne of Green Gables or something, you know. <laughs> I think, are you there? God, it's me. Margaret was the one underneath. But the one right on top, the one I put my Templar cross down on was titled The Last Templar. Oh, wow. And it was a little <laughs> fantasy tale about a Knights Templar who was trying to right the wrong of his friends being killed. Did, did you read it? No, I was too busy God looking at uh, old clips of Tommy Lee. He was Tommy telling you to read and the book and you Pam didn't Anderson. read it. <laughs> what? Jesus. Well, 
He's Too like, much TMI, Carrie? Is that TMI? No, no. I mean, whatever. Actually, Pam Anderson was just on my brain because my son went to Comic-Con in Boston, and Pam Anderson was signing pictures for 50 bucks a pop, but she never showed. No way. $50. So if you waited in, if you waited in line $50. to go into the... You waited in line to go to the Hep C room. I mean, the Pam Anderson room. Is she? Is she have a place in in comic in comic book uh, lore in some fashion? I think Barbarella. She did that that movie, right? Was it barbed wire? You're thinking Barbarella. Barbarella was Jane Fonda. How dare you? Where did that come from? Classic American cinema or cheesy TV show? You decide in Ronnie's world. Barbed wire. (laughs) Um, She uh, look. Hey. I think Comic-Con at this point has just become general pop culture entertainment. Oh, no right? question. If you want to launch a show right. or whatever, yeah. Um, speaking of big festivals, <laughs> mm, you like that? Ronnie, uh, you're speaking at an upcoming festival here in the New England area. If you're listening to this yeah. and you're in the New England area, Ronnie, pitch away. Okay. Uh, so the Exeter UFO Festival is pretty cool. It's August 31st, September 1st. It's two days. It's typically been free to the public this year. I know they're charging to come see the speakers. Um, but the whole town literally gets into this whole thing. Mm. And so all the, the local stores, they'll have this treasure hunt type thing with, for the kids. They have um, make a spaceship, a UFO. Nice. So everyone really gets into it. And uh, it really kind of stemmed off this whole incident at Exeter back in 65. Right where this craft was seen with the series of red lights, and a lot of people had reported it. And uh, so the area itself has had a long history with UFOs, and this uh, UFO festival is one of the longest running on the East Coast. So it's, I'm really excited to be a part of it this year. So That's awesome. Pretty cool. And our guest, who we're about to talk to now, Peter Robbins, will be there at the Exeter UFO Fest as well, and he'll be emceeing the event at which Ronnie will be appearing. Um, and he wrote a book called Left at East Gate, as we mentioned. This book chronicles the Rendlesham Forest incident, as as it's come to be known, um, which basically involved a UFO of some kind landing on uh, just outside uh, Woodbridge, which was uh, occupied by the United States Air Force and United States Air Force personnel, including Deputy Base Commander Lieutenant Colonel Charles Halt, claimed they saw some kind of UFO over the course of several nights. Um, And this case has become big-time lore, Ronnie. Um, And there's so many compelling things about this case. Number one, John Burroughs and Jim Pennison were, you know, security force. They were, uh, you know, they're they're pretty compelling witnesses. They swear by what they saw, this craft that descended upon the area had strange markings on it left some sort of residue Jim was has claimed to have touched it unbelievable and they've seen like these egyptian hieroglyphics and there's also been this rumor of time travel with the craft and i, I we didn't get into it with peter but we're going to have him on again down the road but yeah. there was something about uh, because the Rendlesham Forest was in between these two twin bases, one U.S. occupied, the other U.K., uh, there was some something weird going on with this. And uh, I, I haven't read Charles' new book, but I'm curious if he kind of gets into it. But it's it's pretty controversial. Mm-hmm. But um, they just remember there were some things that they've kind of lost time and memory of, and they kind of felt like they were being mm. kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Participating in some kind of experiment. Maybe he did more than touch the craft. Maybe. You know? Right, yeah. Um, well, 
That sounded, that sounded really bizarre. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Got a dinner and took it to a motel. Uh, coming into this interview, um, something else you should know, we mentioned it before. Apparently, we're getting a lot of emails from, uh, yeah. from Rendlesham. The aliens trying to get our attention. Um, you know, a lot of compelling witnesses, as we said, some high strangeness around the case, also some controversy. Um, our guest, Peter Robbins, the guy he wrote the book with, Larry Warren, um, there's been controversy about him maybe making up things about his involvement with this case. Um, we also get into, Ronnie, in this interview, which I want to talk to you about just quickly before we play this. There, and, and there's also sound we're going to play in a second from this incident, which makes it even more compelling. Yeah. But we got into with Peter, you asked him a great question about everything that's going on. And you and I, you know, beyond Rendlesham, going on now. Right. The, the, this new disclosure we keep yeah, talking about. Sure. And it's funny, this podcast has tried to, almost accidentally, we're trying to, it seems like, get our hands around just how much this stuff is having an impact. Right. Correct? Yeah. With yeah. the general public. We even were going to play a tongue-in-cheek game tonight that we unveiled last week, you know, a paranormal pop quiz to try and figure out, are people being affected by this? Do people care, in right. other Do words? they give a shit? Yeah. And, and he had a great line about, you know, something to the effect of, he sees that people now are not caring as much about what people think about what they think about this, which right. I thought was really a brilliant way to say it. We have said before, anecdotally, and much less uh, eloquently than he did, we use the analogy of like a party. And five, ten years ago, if you're at a party and you talk about this stuff, you're going to be alone in the kitchen. Maybe you're one of the freak. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Now you'll be the bell of the ball and everyone will want to talk with you because of the proliferation of this information and possibly... The proliferation of paranormal TV shows. Yes. Yes. I want to put the question to you. Okay. Have we, or are we in danger of, and we have to be very careful here because you and I both work for cable networks that have some of these shows. (laughs) I can't wait till we get our TV show. By the way, all the TV shows (laughs) suck. Well, I mean, we're at the point where there's, you know, I'm seeing shows, paranormal step brothers and paranormal cousins and paranormal divorcees and paranormal car wash and paranormal it's just on it's and on insane it how really many is. freaking shows there are are there. we in danger of too much information where we might be jumping the shark in the paranormal world ronnie you know it's it's a good question because to me you know peter and he talks about in the interview here He's one, he's looking at patterns. So he's starting to see, you know, this whole ridicule train that the UFO world's been on for yes. a long time has yes. now changed tracks and people are now coming out willing to talk about this. But he's still saying that the needle hasn't really moved. Like there's a paradigm shift happening. Right. But I think for the, the, the mass, uh, the collective consciousness, TV. Still all new. All that needs to come. And I think there is something going on. There's a reason why. History Channel, Travel Channel, all these sh- these Discovery, networks, on yeah, and on. they're all on board with this. But I think that they're getting kind of fueled with a lot of this. This content has to stick, but they almost need it to help push this thing to the next level. Right. And, you know, if there's some good stuff out there, I want to see real stuff. There's you know? also a huge difference, you know, between... 
the government releasing video of an of a potential UFO from fighter pilots and you know paranormal moonshine cousins, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know where yeah, they're chasing yeah. ghosts in the Appalachian Hills. Like there's a big difference between Correct. that, but it's all getting lumped together in the general consciousness. Yeah. Like a person who doesn't believe in this stuff, or at least not even doesn't believe, but a person who's vaguely aware of this type of stuff may or may not believe, but when he sees something like that, you right. know, paranormal divorces. And then he sees the UFO government. He kind of half pays attention. We really, as we said, there's a freaking video released by the government less than two years ago. And eh, right. people are like, meh. Yeah. As I mentioned on this podcast, I talked to the editor of the Boston Globe, who was kind of like, oh, yeah, well, I did see that. What? I'm like, it didn't even make it's an impact. Unbelievable. It really is. So we get into that with him, how much of an impact this stuff is going to make. Um, we also talk about. Of course, Rendlesham. Now, Rendlesham Forest, again, compelling case because of the people involved in a lot of ways, Ronnie, fair right. to say, because mm -hmm. they're military people. And the deputy base commander, when when John Burroughs and Jim Pennison see this thing, whatever it was, I believe it was the next night. I think they were having a Christmas party. That's right. Is that and, correct? Yep. And Charles gets interrupted at the party. Hey, you have to go check this out. It's back. There's a craft right. that's back. So Colonel Halt's like, he heard about this, the supposedly UFO in the base. Like, give me a break. I'm going to go out and squash whatever this thing is. Exactly. Get yep. my guys focused back on their jobs. Let's get back to work. Well, Colonel Halt had his life changed. Because he didn't exactly go squash the rumor. He went and experienced it. And he had his tape recorder with him. Which he had with him all the time, apparently. He always had that with him. Smart. Yeah. Smart. Just like I carry, uh, I carry my, my Glock. What? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know I knew a guy one time? Well, time for another Maddie uh, pointless anecdote. Here we go. <laughs> can we use the Maddie rant jingle? Can sure, you, can why you, not? Can you rant why not? just a little bit? I knew okay. a guy who carried a... This is Wait a, true a minute. Sorry. Here it comes. Like a spoiled, petulant child. It's time for another Maddie rant. This <laughs> is the most ridiculous story of all time. Mm. This guy carried a... Uh, my fr a friend and I worked with this guy, and he carried a... Nightstick, like a cop's nightstick, a billy club what? in his car. And so my friend saw it and said, uh, hey, man, what, what's, what's with that? And he goes, well, you know, living in this neighborhood, I carry it with me because, uh, you know, it's dangerous here. And he said, have you ever had occasion to use it? He goes, in fact, I have. In fact, I have. We're like, really, what happened? He goes, well, sure enough, I, I knew there were some incidents in the neighborhood, so I started carrying it. And uh, I was accosted one day by this gentleman, and I told him, if you don't step back, I'm going to use this club. And I, I took it out of the car. And uh, I used it to defend myself. And we go, wow, what happened? He goes, well, he um, wrestled it from me and proceeded to beat me fairly severely <laughs> with it. <laughs> and we're like, so why do you still have it? To which he had no answer. Oh Maddie, you know, in the topsy-turvy world of rock and roll, it's good to have a good, good right. piece of wood in your hands, right? <laughs> the cricket stick. Very nice reference. Another, never have enough Spinal Tap oh refer references on the show. I think our guest actually references Spinal, spinal he did. Tap and Peter, he did. Peter Robbins. Um, okay, so uh, here is the sound. This is really great. I love when we play sound like this. Colonel Halt, the deputy base commander... The night he went out, this is actual audio. It's been tested um, and proven to be authentic, at least in terms of when it was recorded and the people that were witness to this. Uh, here is Colonel Halt chasing down this UFO, whatever the hell this thing was. Hit it, David. I think it's something other 
something that's something very large. Right we have felt the first night bird we've seen. We're about 150 or 200 yards from the site. Everything else is just deathly calm. There is no doubt about it. There's some type of strange flashing red light ahead. There's yellow. I saw a yellow tinge in it, too. Weird. It, it, it appears to be maybe moving a little bit this way. It's, it's brighter than has been. Yellow. It's coming this way. It is definitely coming this way. Pieces of it are shooting off. There is no doubt about it. This is weird. Pieces are falling off of it, is what he's saying. And uh, you can hear he's like, can't explain whatever the hell this thing is. And this has been described almost as this molten metal kind of dripping from the craft. And this craft actually it was a almost like a, a diamond shaped or a triangle type shaped craft which is very different from what people have been seeing right not flying saucer saucers yep. or these long dirigible type things so, fascinating yeah it's crazy uh, so let's go to an expert on this case dig more into it and other things including how to climb out of a controversy with peter robbins author left at east gate and he'll be speaking at the uso uh, and he'll be speaking Oh, just fucking play the interview. <laughs> Peter, Ronnie and I love Rendlesham Forest. We talk about it all the time. Um, and you're going to be at the Exeter UFO Fest, which we'll talk about in a minute. But let's dive right into Rendlesham. For those of our monsters out there who don't know, um, what happened that night and subsequently at Rendlesham Forest? Um, a lot. And it wasn't one night, um, which is one of the things that... Uh, tends to confuse folks uh, who are uh, beginning to study the case. Um, It was a series of events in a number of different locations in and around the Rendlesham Forest, which is in Suffolk, UK, 70-odd miles northeast of London, uh, taking place over three consecutive nights in late December of 1980. Uh, Many of the primary witnesses and involved personnel were American airmen stationed at uh, um, RAF Bentwaters and um, British counterparts and Americans at RAF Woodbridge. Um, The first night, which really stands out as the best documented, uh, centers around um, two individuals, Jim Penniston and John Burroughs, American security and law enforcement personnel who observed a light going down in the forest. Um, There was no explosion. There was no concussive shock. There was no uh, sense of a crash. But this is a highly secured, militarized area. It was a uh, a major point in the Cold War, and uh, permission was granted to investigate. Arriving on the scene, they encountered um, a machine of undetermined origin. Um, that was moving through the forest at about chest height. Um, it was not massive. It was um, seven, nine feet across and kind of pyramid-shaped. Uh, it's been described in, in many accounts and television documentaries. It's very difficult to uh, recreate 
somebody's subjective experience, especially when advanced technology and human shock are both involved. Um, but it was well documented. Other sightings occurred over the second night. On the third night, the deputy base commander at the time, Charles I. Halt, um, entered the woods with a team of, I think, six or seven uh, airmen and uh, specialists, and they observed a fully articulated, unidentified flying object coming in over them. Uh, and at the most dramatic moment, it shone a light right down to where they were standing before moving on. Um, Colonel Hall documented that um, by having his microcassette recorder recording the event as it happened. And it is a breathtaking piece of evidence in that. Nope. There they go. <laughs> the powers that be. Oh. oh, there you are. Say again? Oh, we lost you, Peter, right when you were talking about a breath, breathtaking piece of evidence. Oh, um, that um, it, because he was recording it, you can make out the voices distinctly of all the individuals. Uh, they are recognizable. Um, there are no... Um, um, claims that this is inauthentic. It has been analyzed and stands on its own. The most controversial part of the case revolves around the account of one individual airman who alleges he was involved in an even more dramatic event uh, that same evening, not far from that location. That is Larry Warren, who was my co-author on a book that was a bestseller in the United Kingdom on the case called Left at East Gate. And several years ago, his account began, began to unwind massively. And we now know that he invented his role in that. It caused quite a scandal. Mm. It um, certainly um, caused my career to take a hit. Uh, that book appropriately was taken out of... Um, print by the publisher um, with my encouragement, although with very mixed feelings. I still stand by hundreds of parts of that book that are fully annotated, fact-checked, um, footnoted, etc. But um, my co-author is a narcissist, sociopath, and lies as easy as most people breathe. And so... Um, Boy, can I identify! <laughs> yeah. well, Just kidding, Peter. If, uh, again, it's, if you read that book, um, it's a good read, and I, again, will always be very proud of my parts of it. Unfortunately, there's no way of knowing what's true and what's false, what's an exaggeration, what's a complete manufactured uh, lie um, in his account. So if you do read it, um, do so with a grain of salt. Otherwise, though, um, the case obsessed and fascinated me for years. Um, spent nine years writing my part of that book. Again, when um, it came out in a little more than 20 years ago, um, it was a UFO book that was published in the United States, did okay, uh, nothing major, but it was a smash bestseller in the UK and has brought me back there about 20 times over the years. Peter, I just want to circle back to that, not to dwell on a negative, but um, we talk about that a lot on the podcast, Ronnie and I, about you know, 
when there are things that are false or witnesses mm. who give bad testimony. From your yes. perspective, um, how does one start to even re- recover from that From as, as a person who works in this field and has made a living off it, and you've done an amazing job of doing so. You're you know speaking at the Exeter UFO Fest and running the show there, uh, emceeing that, um, and you're very well respected. How did you even begin to climb out of that hole of accidentally getting associated with someone who was nefarious? Yeah. Um, with great difficulty. Um, I, I thankfully was brought up in a wonderful family with a strong set of values. Uh, I've been very fortunate in a great deal of my life. Um, I went through something akin to uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's stages of grief. Mm. Um, complete denial, um, anger, resentment, um, incredible embarrassment, sadness, withdrawn. Um, I spent several months, once evidence had been presented to me, ignoring it, because I knew what was going on. These were essentially me 20, 25 years before, independent, um, starting out researchers and investigators who thought that they had uh, come up with um, hard evidence countering um, repeatedly and in so many different ways and places, uh, claims not only having to do with the book, but in my co-author's business and personal life as well. And these things reflect on character. When I did begin to read them, um, I, I absolutely was knocked off the block. I uh, was shocked. I was saddened. I realized, of course, that I was not as good an investigator as I thought I had been 30 years before. Um, And I spent, that's now almost three years since this thing blew up. And I should say I'm also very glad that you asked me this question because some hosts who are aware of it um, and respect me in my work um, will feel that this is uh, just going to embarrass me or something. My philosophy, if I'm going to do an interview or radio show, is please hit me with your best shot. Ask me the hard questions, or, you know, why should we even bother wasting our listeners' time? But um, I, I, I took several months for me to begin to seek out the many, many people who I had misled or helped to mislead, uh, and that included leaders in the field, um, major players in ufology, as well as Her Majesty's government and all over the United States, uh, people in media, um, apologizing to many of them personally, other ones in um, opportunities like this. And then there was a certain backlash. Um, I, I was incredibly moved by how many people contacted me really went out of their way to email me or send me a Facebook message or speak to me one way or another and um, told me that they understood, that they um, were with me, that they felt for me. But, you know, it doesn't matter on a certain level when you've got that one person that says, you know, you were in on it, you were trying to fake it with him, and when his story kind of came undone, you know, you were just a rat leaving the sinking ship. Um, I understand why people could feel that way, but anybody that really knows me knows that's not in my character. Peter, it's Ronnie here. Um, With your experience, I would love to get your perspective of what's developed over the past 12 months just in the UFO community. It's gone mainstream. 
uh, in the sense that everyone is starting to pick up on the Area 51 piece, the Tom DeLong. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your thoughts? Do you feel like this is just another ruse that we're going through another pattern of fake disinformation? Um, you know, like we're, we're going to see the reveal that UFOs are real, or do you think we're actually going down a path of there's going to be some real truth coming forward? Hmm. Great question. And it actually goes back now almost two years. Um, one of my specialty areas of research is the origins of what I call the ridicule factor. I, I am going to guess that I am probably the only person that you will ever speak to in your entire life who has found, downloaded, printed out, and read and reread and reread every single article, editorial, commentary, photo caption, letter to the editor that the venerable New York Times has ever printed on the subject since the summer of 1947. I do these things as intellectual exercises, find patterns, present what I find. Um, I can give you a very informal statistic that, let's say, 96.5% of every bit of coverage that the Times, which whatever one feels about their editorial policies over the decades, uh, certainly in 1947, they were the flagship of American print journalism, and to a degree they still lead the charge in terms of impact uh, in the print media community. Um, but the overwhelming majority of anything related to this subject was always sarcastic, dismissive, condescending, absolutely insulting, and then trotting out these pseudo-scientific pseudo explanations and authority figures Believe it or not, in the early years of coverage, especially uh, the summer of 47, they didn't even bother to name them. A noted astronomer, a respected psychologist, that kind of thing. Uh, We were more innocent country at the time. Anyway, um, to your question, about two years ago, they published a small piece on a ufologist who's in upstate New York. Um, um, Cheryl um, uh, Costa is a statistician who worked for Big Syracuse newspaper, and a, a real crack ufologist. And they treated the article seriously. It didn't get a lot of play. Then in December of 2017, they published a pair of articles that really rocked the world on a certain level. Anyway, um, since that Second Times article, we have had a steady stream of mainstream coverage, um, as we always have. But it's almost surreal, it's almost paranormal to me in that it doesn't matter whether it's Fox or CNBC. It doesn't matter whether it's some blog that's, you know, ultra-right or ultra-left. It's become a pattern to take the subject seriously and with respect. Um, I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop. And like you, wonder what the heck is going on behind the curtain. I think applying deductive reasoning, critical thinking, a lot of experience in the field, and keeping my ear to the ground, comparing notes with other colleagues. We have several things going on at once. We have an initiative that launched because of the celebrity status of the main figure uh, involved, Tom DeLong, uh, former frontman for the uh, group Blink-182. I... Um, I've never met Tom. My best sense of him is that he's a decent, honest guy, that he, like a lot of people, uh, had a profound interest in this subject and then became famous. 
and then once he moved on in his life, decided to use what Teddy Roosevelt used to call his bully pulpit to bring popular attention to this subject. He attracted to his group, you know, um, to the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, which sounds like an Academy Award organization, but is really a hardcore business, and let's not forget that. Um, a number of people with distinguished military intelligence and ufological backgrounds. And I wish them well. I keep an eye on what they're up to. But I have my concerns and doubts. Uh, again, nothing against Tom. And I, I think there's probably great sincerity among many of the players. However, uh, the people who move the chess pieces, I think, are already involved here. Um, what is behind that? The fact that after decades of keeping the subject officially under wraps, although every year not only do more and more people um, hear about the subject and think about it, I, I can say without hesitation that every year, certainly for the last decade, more and more people care less and less what other people think about what they think about the subject of truly anomalous UFOs and their implications. Well said, and yeah. that is an important change. So yeah. there's a paradigm shift that's really yeah. happening, that you're starting to see that pattern starting to form. It is. That's and awesome. I think um, um, we're heading toward what I would characterize as a critical mass mm. in mainstream culture. Another thing that's kind of poignant is after 72-odd years of intense study, we may be embarrassed about how little we've actually learned. Right. And let's mm. face it, the guys, and it is guys overwhelmingly, controlling this information are functionally identical to the guys who started the uh, secret keeping. Uh, Peter, thank you so much for this. I, I wanted to end kind of where we began and go back yeah. to Rendlesham um, because it's such a huge, such a huge incident. And I wanted yes, you... it's a very important case. Well, that's kind of what I wanted to get you. Could you, you know, not rank it, but, I mean, we have a we have a case here. We always talk about Roswell, Roswell, Roswell. We got a case <laughs> of an active military base with, yeah. uh, you know, the deputy base commander, a colonel, and he's yes. got sound of this, at least, you know, according to his experience. Oh, he, yes. He recorded it. It's an incredible sighting. Um, I mean, why, why, don't, why do we still say Roswell and not Rendlesham, Rendlesham, Rendlesham? Well, um, I... We're talking as Americans, and although the prime movers and primary individuals involved as witnesses were Americans, it didn't happen in America. Mm. And we are, in many ways, as sophisticated as we like to think of ourselves, pretty xenophobic. If it didn't happen here, how important can it be? You know, mm. England's that cute little country where they speak in the funny accents, and they have royalty, and, you know, uh, we beat their ass in the revolution, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, yeah. we're doing pretty good with them now. Um, I, it's, it's not that way, I can tell you, in England uh, and in the United Kingdom, where this is the best known and best documented and certainly the go-to case. Um, uh, Charles Hall, um, bless his heart, uh, spoke at a major conference uh, down in Suffolk just last weekend. Um, he has a, a huge book out that he wrote with uh, a retired police detective and longtime UFO investigator and publisher named John Hansen. I wish them both um, a lot of luck with the book. Um, witnesses other than uh, Charles have come forward, have been fully vetted as much as possible. Um, again, 
um, there are so many good cases, but he, many of us are introduced to the UFO phenomena through popular culture. And in America, yes, you're right. Um, it, Roswell is the Holy Grail. It begins and ends there. Roswell is incredibly important. Peter Robbins, uh, we can't thank you enough. We will see you in Exeter, New Hampshire at the UFO Fest. Uh, you'll be emceeing, speaking, and uh, my partner Ronnie LeBlanc will be doing a presentation. So yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Where can people find you? And is there anything you want to uh, promote or plug? Now's the time, brother. Okay. Hmm. Um, I have a website which is so in need of uh, updating. I'm almost hesitant to give you the location, <laughs> but I will. Um, it's PeterRobbinsNY.com. And front and center, show you how out of date it is, but an important uh, piece right there um, that I posted a little over two years ago on what happened with Left at Eastgate, my former co-author. Uh, it will at least give you an introduction to where things went haywire. Um, I will, of course, be in beautiful, historic Exeter, New Hampshire over Labor Day weekend with you guys. Um, I can be found on my Facebook page, and I am very excited to say here for... I've only spoken about this twice publicly because it's all kind of happened pretty fast. Um, an area of specialty research of mine is the extraordinary life and um, very questionable uh, um, su suicide, which was actually murder, of our first Secretary of Defense, uh, a remarkable man named James Forrestal. I've looked into Forrestal's life, studied it uh, at times obsessively, at times leaving it alone for years, for more than 30 years. And I'm proud to say that a... Um, a feature-length presentation that I created with two wonderful colleagues on Forrestal's life and murder um, mm. will be premiering um, at the International um, UFO Congress Film Festival and being shown for the first time ever on September 3rd. It has made its way to the finalists. I um, am hopeful but um, realistic in that I understand the competition is ferocious, but I'm really proud of the fact, and shortly after it does premiere, it will be available as a DVD and a download, and those particulars we can discuss when we reconnect. That Excellent. Incredible. Scoop. Thank you, Peter, nice. so much for everything, and uh, we'll see you in Exeter. You bet, guys. Be well. Have a great evening, and live long and prosper. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Peter, Thanks, so much. Peter. That was great, buddy. Thank you so much. My pleasure and my honor. Uh, another Pick up, goddamn. Oh shit, we're recording. Want to go deeper into the mystery? Get the book Monsterland Encounters with UFOs, Bigfoot, and Orange Orbs by Ronnie LeBlanc. Available now on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and everywhere fine books are sold. Thank you, Peter Robbins. I'd like to take this moment, Ronnie, to remind you that this portion of Monsterland is brought to you by AIDC. That's the Auburn Industrial Development Corporation. If you are in New England and you need some real estate, then AIDC is the place to go. Their buildings are top of the line. They feature concrete, tilt slab constructed, high bay, heavy, powerable, sprinkled warehouse facilities in and around Central Mass in New England. They are an industrial and commercial real estate developer that owns and leases over 500,000 square feet of warehouse R&D and office space throughout New England. Call them or contact them now. You can go to AIDC.com. They are a family-owned 
business, Ronnie. Great people. Marty and the boys, tell Maddie and Ronnie sent you. If you have a business, you need warehouse space, you need a building, go to AIDC.com or call 978-365-4585. AIDC. Your friends in commercial real estate. I made that tagline up wow. just then. Thank that you. That was yep. good. Thanks. Thanks. You're welcome, AIDC. <laughs> Let's play another round of Fact or Falcon. Ronnie, so many videos, so many tales. Sometimes you can't tell what's real, mm-hmm. what's a fact, and what's a red herring, a falcon. <laughs> there it is. Truth <laughs> or lie? Real or unreal? Ronnie, what have we got this week for our Factor Falcon? All right, so we got a video that was filmed by a tourist and uploaded to the Chinese YouTube channel Bizarre World, which is some meteor-looking thing flying over a pyramid in Egypt. And there seems to be some kind of orb that gets released from this. And uh, let's take a look. Okay, we're seeing a meteor-looking thing leaving a trail. Oh! Okay, something shoots out of it, round and orb-like, and it is moving. Okay, so, and this is near a pyramid in Egypt, you say? Yeah, so it looks like it's flying over this pyramid. Didn't take me long to come to a conclusion on this one. (laughs) Didn't at all. Because I was about to falcon the hell out of this and say it's simply a meteor, but nay. Oh, I can see that. That's the pyramid. Holy shit. Okay, this is absolute fact, meaning... It's some sort of unexplainable craft because, man, oh, man, A, it's near the pyramids, which adds strangeness to it. Absolutely, yeah. B, sure, I've seen things look like that that look like meteors. This thing is continuous, though. It doesn't burn out. And then the orb coming out of it puts it over the top for me. That thing is strange. Isn't it? Do you think it's CGI at all? Do you feel like... I, it doesn't look like it, it to me. It doesn't look like it to me either because you would I'm almost see like this it. pixelization. You yeah, know, I'm right? pretty good at CGI. Things move weird. So here it goes. Wow. And it looks, and he follows it. Now it's consistent. So hold on. For, yeah. for, for, for it to be CGI, think about this. He would have to randomly have seen an incredible object in the sky, some sort Filming of meteor, it before it. and then think, hey, I'm going to follow a fake trail away and right. make a CGI orb later. That never happens. Correct. He'd have to be a video genius to begin with and then see this because the, 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 the right. meteor yes. thing is definitely not CGI. That looks really real. It does. It matches, it matches the rest of the video, yes. the, the, the quality of it. Yes. You make a great point. He moves the camera. He's seeing that He follows object. the orb. Right. Boom. If, if, it, if that wasn't there the first time, he would just be following that meteor. Right or whatever yes. it is, and that's it. He would stay on it. Correct. But the fact that he he reframes the shot. Correct. Onto that. That's a great point. Uh, you say fact as well. I, I do. Is I, this our this is our first agreement on fact or uh, falcon? I, I, think. I do. Like I I liked it when I first saw it, but but are we gonna make out? No. Heavy petting first, and then we'll, then we'll get into that. Where can people find this video, Ronnie? Do you uh, know? Uh, you can find it on uh, the Chinese YouTube called. Is that a falcon in your pants? Are you just happy to agree with me? You go to dailystar.co.uk. Oh, great. I'm sure no ads will pop up. <laughs> Remember that last week? They were just blowing up everywhere. <laughs> All right. That's Factor Falcon. Of course, our little game where we try to determine what's real and what's not real out there. Um, let's play another game. Mm. America's favorite game. The game that is sweeping the country. Producer Dave, take it away. Here we go, gentlemen. I think this needs no further introduction than this. Uh, then you could have just hit the fucking thing. I should have right? just hit the button. Seriously, That's what producing that. is all about. God hit damn. the button, monkey. Here we go. Produce. 
And now let's take it to the streets and put you to the test. It's producer Dave's paranormal pop quiz. Pop goes the pop goes the wine and the weasel. I see the empty pocket needs to be You see producer Carrie's face. She's never Wait. seen this before. Carrie hasn't been here in a while. A lot has changed. Yeah, a, a lot, lot has changed, Carrie. We've <laughs> stepped <laughs> it up. Fasten your seatbelts. We have a sponsor yep. named AIDC now. Yep. We're, we, we are... Were you rapping over that, I Ronnie? Did. One, I one of you guys Maddie. did. That was yeah, me. that was mine. Okay. Yeah. All right. So in at the, in the paranormal pop quiz, what mm-hmm. we do is we interview people off the street, your average Joe who might not be an expert, certainly isn't an expert on the paranormal, and just mm-hmm. kind of test them on. Uh, and Ronnie and Maddie, and if you guys are game, we can allow producer Kerry to play as well and yes. try to guess yes. what this ordinary person is going to say, how much they really know about the paranormal, right? I will just say I've won every game that we've played. Yes, running the mic undefeated. Went on an unlikely. You understand we've done one of these. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one. Carrie, you think your mic's not on? It's on. I, now I think it is. Okay. It's on, baby. All right, it's on. Uh, so. <laughs> that was wicked inappropriate. <laughs> well, I mean. I already kissed her shoulder kissed earlier. My... Yeah, that was weird. That, that was weird. weird. We I went to give her the Euro air kiss and I went right into her shoulder. Like, oh. Not weird. Every once time. in a while, we, I was hoping you'd do it again. We yeah. miss it. Wow. Hashtag now, her let's, too. Let's carry talk. my nuts. You want some of my nuts? Oh, right. Ronnie. Oh, you want nuts. some of my nuts? There you go. Why are you guys taking your shirts off? You know, my eyes are up here. Stop looking at my <laughs> orbs. Really Sorry, Dave. <laughs> That's okay. So, this is. Um, I, we promised a millennial. We've got to kind of a millennial. He's a little young for a millennial. Mm-hmm. And so I might as well uh, disclose that this is my son, Griffin, oh. who's a, a fine, uh, upstanding cool. young man. He just got back from uh, working uh, as a counselor at summer camp. He'll be off to college right about a year from now. And uh, smart guy. And so uh, we quizzed him on the paranormal. So Super cool. Should we hit it? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Hi, this is Dave uh, in the field here doing Producer Day's Paranormal Pop Quiz. I'm here with Griffin. He's 17 years old. He is. Uh, he will be a uh, senior in high school, and his uh, career right now seems to be as a camp counselor. Is that right, Griff? That's right. You enjoying it? I uh, very much am. Do you know anything about uh, the paranormal, UFOs, Bigfoot, all that kind of stuff? Uh, I haven't really had any interaction with them, but I've, uh, I know of. <laughs> I know of. I Just know wait. Of, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's uh, that's your background right there. All right, All right. sounds I've like a typical seventeen-year-old. Yeah. Uh, perhaps should lay off the weed. <laughs> <laughs> I run, yeah, no. Ironically, Griff is as straight as an arrow. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm no, no, kidding. It, I, I don't. I, I actually, it was, uh, at some point, I'm probably going to push him into drugs and alcohol. Yeah, he's right. a big, he's a big rule follower for whatever. Sounds reason. like my max. Yeah. Yes, but he's also, for whatever it's worth, he's um, he he loves the pop culture. He loves right. TV. We, when we get together, TV, movies, the whole thing. So you would hold think, up, hold you up. Would think yes. that maybe, yes. Does he have what? a podcast on your? Net? No, he does. <laughs> <laughs> just plug it for five minutes, <laughs> Carrie. Uh, just so you know, I, I don't know if you're aware. This game was born of what we were talking about earlier before the interview. That is, just how much has all this new paranormal information seeped its way into the public consciousness? So we're going to vote on whether this participant is going to know the answer to the question. Get it? Right. Will he know? Okay. Here Here we go. go. And you can play along at home. The video was released in 2017 by the government. It it became a big-time UFO video, and it was nicknamed after a little tasty mint because it resembled a, this particular little tasty mint what was it known as all right there you go carrie do you know i do 
Carrie was excited that she knows. That's not the point of the game, Carrie. I know, no, but I'm just no. curious. Davey, do, do you give him multiple choice or just I, answer this, the question? Great question, Ronnie. Last week we gave the contestant multiple choice. I forgot to write questions this week. No, no, that's okay. Oh, okay. I, I recycled some or oh, whatever, okay, I, whatever okay. I did. But um, so I made the call to go away from multiple choice I like on it. this I one. like it. It makes it harder. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Yeah. So, I say and Dave can't lead him into the answer right. like last week. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I say he Listen, will. I work really hard on this game. If you guys don't like it, you can just do something different. I just had a panic attack. I realized, oh my god, I didn't write new questions. But it sounds like you made Somehow it work. Somehow they, yeah. It's summer. I'm a golf addict. What do you want? Yeah. Um, I say he does not know this. I say he does not. I say he cannot come up with the phrase, which we all know is tic tac. Ronnie. Yeah, tic tac is the answer. I am going to say he does. Carrie. Carrie. I'm going to say he does not. He does Carrie, not. did you know it was Tic Tac? Yes. That's a First yep. I thought it was Mento, and then I was like, no, it's Tic Tac. Mento. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, dread, the dreaded <laughs> Mento UFO. All right, here's, here's uh, what he said. I don't know. I, I haven't right. heard that. I've okay. heard of the video, but no. All right, since you didn't know, I'll give you. All right, so what happens at this point? So if you hadn't, he doesn't know, then uh, you were right. And then I did, given that he didn't know, I moved to the multiple choice. Give you, I'll give you the choices. <laughs> was it A, the Jolly Rancher? B, the Tic Tac UFO, or C, the Skittle Shuttle? I still say he'll go for a Jolly Rancher. The Skittle Shuttle. <laughs> yeah? Like, he's like, oh, I love Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Ronnie, you said he's going to get it. You want to stick with that? Yeah, please. Okay, okay you'll stick yeah. with yeah. that. All right. Are you leading him? Ha- Hold right. on. No, I didn't lead him at all on this one. I'm going to have to go with Tic Tac. Oh, all right. God. That's correct. <laughs> Did you know so it was? Tied. Okay. We each have one, is that right? According to my calculations? I'm not keeping score. Doesn't matter. All right. Yes, we. Oh, okay. that's almost have, like a two. Sure. Everybody a two that was piece. a two-parter. You, right. you redeemed yeah, yourself. It was, weird. We it was weird. Split it down. You it was such. Weird. All right, here we go. Hold on. What, what top secret military base are millennials planning on storming to demand the truth about aliens? Okay, so once again, I did not give him a multiple choice. He definitely knows this. He's 17. He's on Facebook. Yeah. He's habitually on uh, Tinder and. Tinder. <laughs> Tinder. Tinder. His girlfriend's like, freaking Dad? out right now. What are they called? Uh, Bumble? What? No, what no, is it? Grindr. Is Tinder, oh, is Tinder a but our dating heist? site? That's, yes, that's, of course. That's, yeah. but that's our, the uh, sex app that Dave's on. And that's not really right. awkward. Right. Right. Oh, hey. that joke. You're going to get Dave in trouble with his girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> He's not. We're, we're, just, we're yeah. just joking. The one that Dave's on. Horses out of the barn. <laughs> you like how I pretended not to know what Tinder was? Okay. Um, no, but I just I just don't think high school are high school kids on Tinder. No. They don't need Tinder. No, I was pulling a Belichick like, He's on Snapface or whatever. Yeah, right, right. right. Uh, he's on the Snapface. Anyways, he's on the he chat. It. You're book. saying he knows it, right? He definitely knows this. You cannot be a millennial in this is country, this? I believe, and not know this story right now. Hmm. Ronnie, what say you? I say he does not. Ronnie says no. Okay, um, Carrie. Is it the? Is it what the banquet was after at, at our camp? <laughs> the yes. theme Carrie, of our once banquet? again, the game yes. is not for you to get. <laughs> no, an- but I'm wondering because yes, if the is. kids at camp know it. Then at our camp, then the kids... May I explain? Then, then he might know it. Go for it. Um, but Both Carrie's daughter yeah. is attending a summer camp, and they had a theme where they had to come up with a theme for a, a night, and her daughter did Area 51, yeah. and as part of that little celebration, they made a song, correct? Yes, they wrote a song about Area 51. I demand next week yeah. we play the song that your daughter made about Area okay, 51, I'll and fi- we play it I'll on this podcast. It. Okay, great. Or never step foot in but the that was Does she sing it? Does she sing the song? They all sing oh, it, like, as, as the campers all entered into the I dining hall. 
They sang it to them. They all had. So, and it was yeah. her idea, Carrie? No, 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 no. It was the whole. It was. Does she smoke? Kit, it does she smoke up. pot? Uh, <laughs> I hope not. She's four. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Michael Devin. New oh, theme song. Carrie's God. daughter. Move over, <laughs> Devin. I know you're it's in White like Snake, but fourteen-year-old singing it. <laughs> Would she like to go see White Snake backstage? <laughs> oh my God! Do um, right, so you okay. want to hear what Griffin said? Okay, uh, so I say he knows. Ronnie right. says he doesn't. Carrie I says he, he does. All right, let's see. All right. Area 51. Oh. Very good. Maddie takes the lead, 2-1. to one. Wait, am I, do I get points? You do. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, you're playing too. Um, <laughs> two to We're two. a team. Maddie and I are a team. Wait, two, that's not two, fair. That's not and fair one. Two, two, and one. All right, uh, here we go. Then Ronnie and I are a team. I don't know the answer. Oh, right, here we go. What famous UFO study was recently... <clears throat> Excuse me. What famous UFO study was recently <laughs> dramatized on a popular history channel show? Was it a Jesus. Operation Paperclip? Will you not was step it? on the question, a, Carrie? Did you have a stroke during this? It did sound. It did sound. It's funny. It did sound like I was <laughs> yeah. drunk there for a minute, like and I wasn't. Drama. <laughs> hey, son. Dream. It's a dream. Tonight on Monsterland, <laughs> Maddie makes fun of stroke victims. <laughs> Just listen to the question. <laughs> what famous UFO study was recently? <clears throat> Is that me, what what famous UFO study was recently dramatized on a popular <laughs> History Channel show? Was it A. Operation Paperclip, B. Project Blue Book, or C. Mission Missing Office Supplies? No way he gets this. Okay. Hmm. No way. He I'm going to say this. he does. All right, because he's smart kid. He probably watches History Channel, which Ooh, you are right. on. All right, Carrie. I was so caught up in the dream. By the way, the answer is Blue Book, right? Right. Project Blue Book is the answer. Carrie, you say no or yes? No. He does not know. I think he's going to go with something about the office. Well, it's funny you say that because at the part I cut out was I said I said uh, choice four or what, what would that be D or was I saying one two three I don't know whatever it was, it was whatever very the fourth dramatic. one I said brushing your teeth which is an uh, a joke from the office where in the multiple choice that was not worth mentioning you know Dave <laughs> great story stick to <laughs> hitting the buttons you can uh, cool you can story, always add bro. that out I know stick to your drama this never happened drama okay <laughs> I say no okay we get Ronnie no. says yes Carrie says no all right here we go uh. I don't know this one. I'm going to have to guess with uh, A. Operation Paperclip? Yes. Okay. <laughs> we have vaulted into the oh. lead, Carrie. We have vaulted into the lead. Poor Griffin. Three, three to one. All right. Should we move on? This is, cut- this is exciting. Yes. All right. What type of alien are considered the most common, making up nearly half of reported alien encounters? Is it A, the reptilians, B, the Mexicans, C, the greys? I'm going to say, Ronnie, that he goes with, I'm going to say he knows this, because Grays, okay. he doesn't know it, but Grays is so popular out there in culture, he's going he's gonna to connect with Grays. Make okay. the educated guess. Yes, saying. educated guess. Ronnie? I'm going to say no. I'm going right. to say he, he goes with reptilians. Okay. Yeah, I'm actually going to say as much as Grays... Well, I think of Grey's Anatomy. I think I think he's going to go with reptilians. Oh, surprise! <laughs> Carrie thinks of the hot doctors. They're all dead. You always think of Grey's Anatomy. We could be talking about uh, <laughs> Bigfoot. You'd think of Grey's Anatomy. Well, you know, the shoe fit. Wow! Hello. Hello. Are we Are we ready? Are Should we this ready? be? This is like a segment on Bitches and Bride. Yeah. All right, here we go. Here's Griffin's answer. Come on, Griff. Here we go. Coming up. 
Who do you think smells Bigfoot-like, if you know what I mean, on Grey's Anatomy? I'm not familiar with this. I'll go with the reptilian. Oh. Damn it! Oh, damn. damn it, Ronnie! You just caught up three to, two. Two. three to two. It's three to two. Three to two. Oh. Me and Ronnie. Two yeah, more qu three two questions to go. Okay, here we go. Here we go. All right, here we go. Tom DeLonge is a former rock star turned paranormal Pied Piper. He was a lead singer of what band? Is it A, Matchbox 20, B, Blink-182, or C, Three Dog Night? <laughs> he has to know this. Mama He's a kid. Sorry. Even though it's it's now it's probably well, considered like classic rock, but Angel it's new Angels and Airwaves, right, is, is Tom's new band. He must know them. But, eh, but, yeah, I don't uh, think he knows them. I bet, he, I bet he knows Blink-182. I'm going to say knows. Yes. I'm going to say he doesn't. Ooh. Carrie? Does he know Blink One? No, no, no you're, you're, not on a you're team. your own woman. No, no, you you are woman, hear you roar. <laughs> Be your own girl, Carrie. Yeah. God you're damn. So dramatic. I, I'm going to go with he thinks it's Three Dog Night. <laughs> all right. Excellent. All right. Don't be so dramatic. All right. All the answers are in, right? <laughs> no, it's there dramatic. I have no idea. It's said dramatic. One. Hold on. <laughs> Stepping on the answer, you foolish people. Here we go. I have no idea, but I've heard of Blink-182, so oh, I'll go shit. with that one. Boom! God damn it. God, God damn it. There's, no, there's no way I can catch up to you now with one Four to last two, question. I don't think you can. I'm out. Unless it's a two-part question. Unless you want to press. We do have... Do you want to take some of my points, Ronnie? I have another teenager, but we should probably save that for next, next episode. But uh, we got one left. So All here right. we go. Here we go. The paranormal creature known as Bigfoot is... Often also known by this other popular term. What is it? Grey's Anatomy Big Dong. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Mc... Big Dr. McDong. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, <laughs> is that your stethoscope? You're just happy to see me. Listen, everyone calm down. I've had four near beers, and now we've lost control of the show. You know, on a different podcast, since this is a segment where I promote other podcasts, Ryan. Uh, Can you imagine Matt, Peter Robbins we, listening back to this? Yeah, uh, oh, what Lord. the fuck did I do? Yes, yes. But we were, um, we were talking about whether kids had heard of certain songs, and the song... That no one's listening to me. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I uh, am. I let, am. And, the song "Afternoon Delight" came up, and oh, and me oh. and my podcast partner said, "Have our kids heard of the song?" And the answer was actually yes, because of the movie Anchorman. Right now, you oh. might remember in the movie Anchorman, there's a scene where someone yells out, "It smells like Bigfoot's dick." Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> so yes. I wonder if that sent uh, yeah. a lot of young people running back. I wonder who Bigfoot is. Right. You know? Who's your podcast know. partner? Milt. Kerry, you, 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 a lot, <laughs> a lot has gone changed. A, long time. a lot has changed. Holy shit! Wait, we're like I, five episodes am in. I fired? No, you're, no, you still work here. Kerry, come here. Know. I'm gonna kiss your other shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I say. What do you say? Does he know? Uh, the answer is Sasquatch, by the way. Right. Yeah. I say he. I think he knows this, but he won't be able to come up with the term. I want to say no. You say no. Say no. I say yes. Uh -huh. I say yes. Uh -huh. Okay. Go ahead, Griff. Here we go. Sasquatch. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Well, I, I squeaked and, uh, out of victory. Yes, <laughs> you, you won. Well, Ronnie, uh, David, great job. Thank uh, you. Awesome. Another, Thank you. And I'm sorry I didn't... Great uh, call not giving the uh, multiple choice because we didn't have new questions. Yeah. Next week or next time we play it, we'll have new questions. Um yeah, and if um, listeners out there uh, hit us up and let us know what we should ask, because yes, yeah, and and yes. we might it, it'd be fun to ask just things like uh, what's your favorite 
paranormal movie or movie about ghosts, maybe? I don't know. So, so, yeah, something that, that would allow See you guys things, yes. to take a ghosts. shot in the dark. Yes. Yeah. Oh, right. that's a great one. Yeah, you know we'll try to match what they... Yes. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, cool. Great job, David. I love Thank that you. game. Awesome. Uh, let's Thank open some of your mail. We love hearing from you. Uh, Ronnie, where can people reach us? At Monsterland Pod. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now it's time for Monster Mail. All right, so we have a bunch here. We're running long. I'm just going to pick a couple here. Um, This comes from... Oh, this came on social media, actually. Um, Carrie. There's a legacy... Not you, Carrie. Not producer Carrie. But Carrie from WAF, a local Mr. classic Scary, rock. Yeah, yeah a local, if you're here in New England, it's a, it's a legacy classic Who, rock station. From, from where? Oh, that Lemonster. right. Yeah, this girl Carrie, who was a yeah. DJ on this station, is from Lemonster, believe it or not. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we might have mentioned her on this podcast before, but she tweeted out to us, Hey, Maddie and Ronnie, you need to get all your stuff on here. And I'm like, what is she talking about? And I look, it's from Vice. It's a crowd, uh, excuse me, it's a crowdsourced map documenting UFO sightings, cryptids, and any supernatural claim that you've seen something. And so it's a map of the United States, and people around the world, or certainly the United States, who've seen these things, can put where they saw it on this interactive map. Fantastic. I love it. How cool. I, I, I love it. I had no idea it existed. Um, and you click on it, and it'll tell you what the person saw, and it's got little icons for ghost, uh, uh, what's, cryptid. What's the name of it? It is on well. The article came from Vice. Okay, it's a crowdsourced map documenting UFO UFO sightings, cryptids, and supernatural. Let's see down where it is located. We Uh, need this. We have. We have. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. Uh, Liminal Earth is a web-based mapping tool designed to track the bizarre. Created by Garrett Kelly, co-founder Hollow Earth Radio, and Jeremy Puma, a Seattle-based author. Their project acts sort of like Google Trends which tracks sudden spikes on Google search queries for the collective of consciousness, states their website's about page. Uh, awesome. This map is an extension of that because we're trying to see if there are strange places or experiences that are actually quite common but go unnoticed because everyone's afraid to talk about the weird stuff happening to them. And producer Dave, why the fuck didn't you think about this? <laughs> what? Why didn't you invent this? I, well, I put it up on the screen so you can look at it. How's that? That's Some other podcast has an awesome interactive map. Man, oh, you know what? Sweet. I I did come up I with this idea. You. It was a, the other paranormal podcast that I produced. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You were so you were second on the list. Funny. One of your podcasts is titled um, "Crypt." It's about crypto. Cryptomania. Cryptomania. Right. And my yep. heart dropped for a second. I'm like, oh my god, another. Pro- <laughs> he got, he's got another paranormal podcast. That bastard. <clears throat> Adam to list of people this who is stabbed great, me though. in the back this you know, year. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. I'm sorry. The microphone goes on. Oh it's like goodness. therapy. Oh uh, it's all jokes. <clears throat> okay. 2020, baby. 2020. 2020 is my... 2020's the year Maddie redeems himself. <laughs> Fuck you <Jesus>. guys. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Ronnie. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying, this is fantastic that we have new reporting vehicles, new platforms, because yes. you have MUFON, you have BFRO yes. for Bigfoot, but it'd be, it's just great that you hopefully get some new sightings from this, and this hopefully will get some steam and, and take off. It's very 
rudimentary, kind of simple, but this is cool. Hey, man, I, I think it's I fantastic. Like it. And again, I, I blame producer Dave for not thinking of it. But it is, <laughs> all kidding aside, it's a great idea. And uh, I think we should um, submit our UFO sighting, Ronnie. I like it. Right? Let's do it. From Father's Day. Yep. La- it was In last year. It was last year. Let's submit it. Let's do it right now and have people at home listen as we submit uh, on an interactive. <laughs> With the keys. <laughs> All right, just silence as we submit. <laughs> just give us six minutes. <laughs> All right, uh, we have another email here. Great story. Compelling and rich. <laughs> Great story. Um, this one came from our... Now, so Rick H. had messaged us a couple times of synchronicities he had while listening to the podcast, and he's had a third. Isn't this crazy? He's had a third. We talked about him, was it last week or the first episode of season three? It, we it, talked it, about him having two synchronistic events that were tied listening to the podcast. podcast. Right. So he's had a third. Uh, you guys have no idea I'm freaking the hell out right now. Like, this is the first significant sequence of synchronicities in my whole life. It has to mean something. That's just too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence. Maybe I'm looking too much into this, but the unbelievable chain of events that would have had to take place starting with when I woke up this morning to me being at the exact perfect spot to glance up and see what I saw is just too much. I've had a bird hit my windshield, um, et cetera, et cetera. So this is what happened to him. And he took pictures to show us. He literally took a picture of, of what, he, what happened. Holy blank, holy blank. I S you not, I swear. I am driving through Janesville, Wisconsin on my way back home. This is all exclamation points, capital letters. I uh, living in Illinois, but drive a route up here in Wisconsin each week. I hardly ever come through Janesville, once every couple months at best. I am listening to the very end of episode 302, as I have just said, and Ronnie was talking about his sleep paralysis experiences. The very second Ronnie said, the house I grew up on is on Union Street, I passed... Union Street. Oh, my God. I had to turn around and take a picture so I don't sound like I'm a crazy person to you guys. But right now, I cannot fucking believe this. Am I supposed to know you guys? Am I supposed to be listening to your show? Is there a message you need to give me? What the fuck is going on here? (laughs) This stuff has never freaked me out before, but I can tell you right now, I'm freaking the fuck out right now. Those are his words. And there's a picture of him, Carrie, vouch for me. And there's Union Street. And he has a look on his face like, what is going on right now? That's insane. And there's Union Street. That so, happens what, to me all the time. Now, what, I mean, what is happening? There's definitely some kind of thing with Rick and us. Yeah. Right? Rick's yeah. in, Rick's in yeah. Chicago. Yep. Uh-huh. We're, we're outside of Boston. Mm-hmm. What is going on here? I think he wants to play an edition of uh, Paranormal Pop Quiz. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, but really, it is. It's It's wild. Let's take it to the streets and put you to the test. Oh. All right, Rick, play at home, Rick. <laughs> did someone say paranormal popcorn? <laughs> yeah, too late, Dave. We already did it. Can we, can we do Have it another again? maker's mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only sober one. Not a sponsor uh, of the show. So you're far. the only sober What's your take on that, though? Seriously, Maddie. What's your, what's your gut kind of well, telling you with this? To give Rick some, I don't know. These things have a way of coming out over time. Usually when they've happened with me, like, it's not, and it might not even be as direct as you think, um, where it's like, oh, my God, we were supposed to talk to Rick, you know, and and he has this piece of information or something. But it might be, it might be just opening him up to the paranormal, looking for signs, and then, and then, 
he might not even realize that because now he's kind of been his tuning fork's been turned on, right? Something's going to happen in his life, or it may have already happened. And we'll never know on this plane of existence. Maybe him pulling over to take the picture of the union sign made him avoid an accident. Maybe the bird hitting his windshield shield made him go a certain way that he wouldn't have gone, and uh, someone else was saved from him driving through. Right. We don't know. But I do believe that this is way too much of a coincidence at this point. It's, Three in a row? It's crazy. It's and crazy. here's the thing. This medium, we've talked about it before... The rules on the other side are such, for whatever reason, that yeah. they, ju they just, ghosts can't come out and say, like, watch out. It right. just doesn't happen like that right. for whatever reason. So they manipulate electro electronics, um, radio waves. You'll often see those radio boxes that they'll, the paranormal investigators will use to right. talk to spirits on the other yeah, side. Ghost box, yeah. Ghost boxes. Mm -hmm. um, so it makes sense that we are opening up ourselves to the paranormal by doing this very podcast and putting it out there into the ether, into the world. And anyone that's listening is starting to kind of tap Boom. in and get rewired and kind of retuned. So right? if Rick is supposed to hear a message from someone in his life, that maybe that's past or something, mm -hmm. they might use this paranormal podcast, which is dealing in these issues. They're not going to do it through Stephen A. Smith's podcast about sports. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. They'd use this. Yeah. Because we're toiling in this endeavor and his tuning fork is on. And maybe there's others out there that it's happening for as well. Man, if, if anybody else has experiences like this, we'd love to hear about that. New game, producer Dave, Stephen A. Time. Smith's Paranormal all Corner. Time. All the time. <laughs> Carrie, all let the me time. tell you let about ghosts. Let me <laughs> tell you about ghosts. Ghosts don't know. Have some chocolate. That shit happens to me all the time. Like, tennis balls, right, with your dad. The and, balls, yep. But... Like I, I, you know, was watching a show, whatever, on my laptop, and I was typing something in the on my phone, and at that very moment that I'm typing the same exact thing, like I was typing something about Wednesday night, yeah, and then that's what they said at that, like, I, I like had, a second later. But that shit happens to me all. I had the same the time. similar thing happen to me at the bank at Bank of America last week. Went in and uh, also there's a guy like. Two people in front of me just opened. It was like 9.05, so I expected in and out of there. This older gentleman in front of me with a cane, taking his time. I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to take forever. But I just kind of said, oh, you know, take this time to kind of, like, meditate. And just, you know, when you always feel like you're in a rush, you're not in the now. And so I just took it as a moment to be in the now. I said, this will give me some peace of mind. Well, the guy that's uh, greeting people, he's on the phone with a customer. And right at that moment, he goes, now, listen, this will just give you peace of mind. Oh. And it was just a, a weird confirmation. I think that story is inexplicable. That. It's unfathomable. <laughs> it's very unattainable. Let me tell you <laughs> something. <laughs> Let me tell you something about Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady talking about the greatest of all time. <laughs> all right, that there's something called the, I, I think it's called the Bader Meinhof syndrome or Bader Meinhof phenomenon. Oh, it's right when right. you see something that you were just talking about. Basically, yeah. it's it's it's, yeah. it's what we're talking about. And it's a phenomenon that scientists have identified. I think it's Bader-Meinhof, if I remember correctly. Do you know how to spell it? B-A-D-E-R, Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. Um, oh, Bader, okay. Like B-A, I think I'm it was B-A-A-D-E-R, Bader-Meinhof. Try two A's. Anyway, it's a phenomenon that is exactly what we're talking about. Like you, you oh, yes. talk about something and then you see it everywhere. Or you've never heard of a band before. And then someone says yeah, the band, you, and then you see it everywhere. Yeah, you buy a vehicle, and all of a sudden you see Volkswagens all over the place. Correct. You, now your mind is focused on that right. particular... That's the theory what? behind it. Mm. And that does explain, in my 
uh, estimation that does explain a percentage of these type but of not things. All of them. But it certainly doesn't explain Agreed. all of them. Agreed. No way. Yeah. If you want chapter and verse, uh, the illusion, it's also known as just frequency illusion. The illusion, illusion thank you, Maker's Mark, the illusion is which, in which a word, name, or other song or the thing that is... I'm, okay, I'm having trouble Holy. seeing the screen. <laughs> Matt, do you want to read it? I'm just wait, having trouble seeing Maybe we could get an eyeglass sponsor. I'll read, uh, let, let me read okay. it. Can you see it from The illusion in which a word, <laughs> a name, or one thing has recently come to one's attention. <laughs> Suddenly, Suddenly seems, seems to appear. See, it's not as easy to look... With improbable, with improbable, oh. I tell you, Maddie Blake, it's improbable, <laughs> it's unquestionable, it's incalculable. Tom Brady, greatest of all time. <laughs> Suddenly Reasons seems the illusion. What's right, reason see illusion. It's someone that is no. It's exactly what we're talking about. Someone, something yeah. that has recently comes to one attention suddenly seems to appear with improbable frequency. Shortly afterwards, uh, blah blah blah. It's sometimes referred to as Bader Mine, Meinhof, which. Uh, <laughs> And again, you know, on that, a lonely night, I'll this go has home been sponsored by Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark. <laughs> again, that does not explain did you things. Just say the same thing that I did. Uh, okay. That does not explain a preponderance of events, like, for example, exact synchronicities. Things happen at the exact same time. Right. Um, so yes, it's a it's a thing that non-believers love to point to. Well, it's Bader Meinhof. Like, well, no, because this and this, and there's a million examples. You know what yeah. this is, uh, Maddie? Being a uh, sports fan, you'll appreciate. Yes, that Bader Meinhof is the same thing as when you're at a baseball game, and a guy uh, center fielder makes a spectacular catch for the third out of the inning, and then he comes up and he's the leadoff hitter, and people always say, "How many times does it happen?" Happen yes. when the guy yes. makes a spectacular yes. play, and then all of a sudden he leads, and the reason why is you just notice it when it happens. It probably right. happens one out of nine times. That's like right. You expect, but when you notice it, you remember it, and That's then when right. it happens again, exactly. So you yes, know what I'm saying? Yeah. and there's a there's a uh, you know like even in golf, for example, there's the announcer jinx where they'll go. You know, he hasn't missed a putt yes, outside of right. five feet in four days. Right, boom. boom, misses the putt. <laughs> Happens in so, football a lot, too. Yeah, yes. yeah. That's yeah. true. Um, all right, so, and I think we have a couple more pieces. Oh, Ronnie, yes. I wanted to get into your controversial treat, tweet real quick. Oh, man, was I drunk again and did that? Mm. <laughs> also, Lisa G wants to know what happened to the video in January of Steve Barupi's orbs. <laughs> he got him cut off. <laughs> Steve Barupi's Orbs is the worst Joe Jackson album, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I like his old stuff, too. Uh, oh, that was when the guy filmed the Orbs, right? In so, I actually, yeah, actually, well, it was, I think it was in New Hampshire. You're right. You're right. I'm trying it to remember. Was. But I, I had a chance to actually talk to Steve yep. and his wife mm -hmm. at Mike Devin's Whitesnake concert oh. at Hampton Beach this past summer. Mm hmm. And uh, we will actually, I'm going to reach out to Steve. We'll have him on because uh, him and his wife have had some crazy experiences as of late in and around Lemonster. So we'll, we'll talk to them, hopefully. All right. I'm going to hold off on your controversial tweet because we have done a cozy three hours of recording at this point. Uh, and we're going to let you go, monsters. Uh, thank you. To our fantastic guest tonight, uh, Peter Robbins. You what can about Ronnie's ectoplasm, Matty? Yeah, we're still oh, we'll get to that, that next week, too. Oh, good. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> next week, definitely. Oh, yes. we, we're going to be off next week. We are. Right? You're, you're going to be off You're going to be oh, gone. Oh, I'm going to Oak Island. You're going to be gone. That's not next week, though. It's Isn't 20. Yeah, oh, it is. Oh, yeah. shit. I'm going to Oak Island, everybody. Bye. <laughs> See you when you get back. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a week off. Yeah. And we'll come back with an all-new episode. We'll get monstrous. We might. 
provide a little bonus mini episode, yeah. maybe me from Oak Island. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> so we'll be back officially kind of uh, right after Labor Day, that right. Tuesday so after Labor Day. First week of September? That's right. All right, as you listen to this, it's July 2019, because these things, someone could be listening to this, as we've said, in right. 15 years. Right. Right? We could be long dead, hopefully. Why do you keep on saying that? Hmm? You keep on... Hey, someone could be listening to this and you could not be around. You could be dead. (laughs) It is August. It's not July. I was like, what the... (laughs) I'm Ron Burgundy. I say what's on the prompter. (laughs) July was up on my calendar. It's August of 2019. And uh, we'll be back the first week of September 2027. (laughs) We'll be back September For Ronnie LeBlanc, producer Carrie... Producer David, I'm Maddie Blake. Monsters, stay safe. Let's hear from you. Oh, and by the way, thanks to our sponsor, AIDC, Auburn Industrial Development Corporation. Dave, we've had well over 10,000 downloads. If you're a business owner and you want to advertise with Monsterland, what would you do? Go to pod617.com and click on the advertise or the contact us tab. Anyway, you can get in touch with us and uh, put subject line Monsterland. Let's talk. Boom. Thank you all. We'll talk to you soon. See you. Thank you for joining us on the Monsterland Podcast. If you or someone you know has an experience to share, or if you have questions, you can reach us at monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Find us on social media at Monsterland Pod. Until we meet again in Monsterland. Are we going to make out? No. Heavy petting first, and then we'll, then we'll get into that.